The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, an anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Got Games in Dell City, Green Bambino, Paseo Plunge, and My Chic Geek in Oklahoma City, and Waving Wheat Bakery and Bistro in Norman, as well as your favorite comic book store and nearest library. You can find out more locations and more information at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 285 of the Okie Geek Podcast, brought to you by Okie Comics. I'm Michael Cross. Our friends at Literati Press are getting ready for issue four of the genre-busting Western comic Black Jack Demon. Here to talk about it, author Nick Hermes and Literati Chief Strategist Buck Berlin. Guys, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. So, Nick, for those who don't know, tell them about Black Jack Demon. Well, the Blackjack Demon is a, uh, it's a revenge story taking place uh, partially in the Old West uh, about a young man, about 14 years old, whose father is killed by some thing, and he ends up chasing it uh, across the American Old West and beyond. We are on uh, issue three right now. You can mm-hmm. get that in stores, and issue four will be coming out in February, and then issue five and six directly after that. Yeah, and uh, from what I understand, it's about a demon who's really good at dealing uh, blackjack (laughs) in the Old West. That's right. Actually, there's very little card play, which is too bad. I love uh, card mechanics, but I couldn't figure out a way to actually... Yeah, well, and and, I mean, it just slows down the story. Like, uh, the old uh, Avengers card games were like, that's the issue. (laughs) Was that it? Just them playing cards? Yeah, Yeah, well, because it was them kind of discussing, you know... Uh, you know, here's plot resolution. Here's setup for other stuff. And right, there's a couple of forgettable Star Trek episodes that yeah, yeah, that's that's fine yeah. Cover, yeah. yeah it's just kind of <laughs> your I, I made the right choice, but then. yeah. But the, the problem, the problem is, you got you playing blackjack. You've got every panel is going to be a different card, and by that time, you've gone through you know only one round, and you've that's gone right. Twenty four page, twenty. And it's pages. always the point of view of the person, so the the panel never changes, really. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's different ways to do it, and that's. The beauty of comics is, you know, if you actually wanted to, you could do it from the, you know, perspective of the the one person. Or here's everyone with the shifty eyes, and you can kind of give everyone their different tell. Man, yeah. I knew you, you when know. I was doing this. You could have told me two years ago. That's right. Well, <laughs> well, but it, I mean, that's the thing is, uh, it it's a medium that's imagination driven. It's it's one of those where it's easy to see what's come before. It's really a, a thing of. All right, well, how do you take something and make it new? Because uh, as uh, Chasing Amy pointed out, honey, there ain't nothing new under the sun. No, there isn't. (laughs) Uh, What's uh, kind of interesting about that is that I've been writing this story since I was a kid. uh, And so anytime I would find out something very new or interesting about science or or religion or the world Mm. or something, I can just put it in there. And I found Mm. that like 95% of the stuff that I, I learned, even today... I can fit into the story somewhere. So that, yeah, that's it's, why it's going to be new because only I told it. Well, right. and what's neat is, uh, yeah. and uh, I mean, pardon the really weird analogy, your uh, your comic is kind of like the Taco Bell menu. It's a bunch of recognizable <laughs> elements reconfigured. 
like, over I, and over and over. However, each time it's it's a fresh new thing that's the, oh, I didn't know I'd like that. That's good, because I don't <laughs> mind tropes at all. I, I yeah. like tropes quite a yeah. bit, but I just don't want it to turn into something like you know that, that I've seen before. Yeah. If I don't want to read it, I don't want to write it. No, and, yeah. and it's one of those where it, it's like you've boiled down the essence of whatever should make something work. And you're kind of hitting all of those little touchstones with still the air of mystery, but you know, knowing what we know, uh, dropping all the perfect little Easter eggs here and there and everything that will pertain to other stuff later. Well, and that's been uh, a lot of that has been Literati Press. Uh, and I should kind of plug our ink and draw on Sundays Definitely. from three yeah. to five. That's how I kind of got started in this. I was a painter for decades and knew I needed to learn comic stuff. So I just went over to Literati that Sunday and... Well, from then yeah. till today, mm-hmm. uh, I'm getting constant good advice on how to make this thing in, in just the way that you described. You know, everybody is just keeping me on the right path, which is wonderful. Just wonderful. Yeah. It's the, uh, uh, not only does a uh, village raise a child, it helps keep their own uh, in check. <laughs> Ditto. Yeah. So So you you got F, F issue 4 coming out in February, you said? Yes. And and so where are you at right now as far as uh your process? Well, I as I said, I just finished issue 4 and issue 4 has a uh, a flashback in it. Mm-hmm. Uh so any writers out there don't hate me, but I chose to use a flashback. <laughs> um and it's a uh, uh, I'm using watercolor to uh, uh to show the textural difference between now mm-hmm. Uh, and then. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, uh, Jim Lee did that in Hush to great effect. That's effects. exactly where yeah. I got the yeah. idea. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. And he did, I think he used some photographs. And I thought, yeah. okay, if I could use photographs, but I'll never get it done. So I decided <laughs> not to. And it turned out pretty well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, what's the old saying? If you're going to steal, steal from the best. You bet. I, I believe <laughs> in that 100%. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that you had some setbacks getting this issue out on time. And a lot of indie people uh, come into that problem and and that's why you don't get the perfect monthly schedule or bi-monthly schedule like uh, Marvel or DC I guess used to because well now they've fallen into that trap uh, well, they it, also have people. I yeah. mean, that's the problem. I mean, you have because you're Nick, Staff, you're, you're doing right. all the stuff, right? Yeah. You're, well, you're doing the whole thing for, for it, pretty for much. The most part, uh, uh, Charles edits, but as far as the production, I do everything. Yeah. Once it yeah. gets out. Everybody or, else well, takes yeah, care well, of the well, distribution. Yeah, but, once yeah. once the script gets done, then Charles goes over it, finalizes everything. You go back to art, and then we edit and change anything and everything. Yeah, that. right. But look at look at a masthead yeah. for a Marvel or a DC comic, and you're looking at there's the color, there's yeah. the inker, there's the you know, and the writer and the the drawer and all this. I mean, there's there's a list of right. people who take a hold of it, so it can do more of a monthly basis. Right. Absolutely, if you're doing it all by yourself. It'd be nice to have an assistant, but at the same time, I like. Yeah, uh, yeah excuse I, me, yeah. I like the control. Well, and, I work and, in solitude, so why wouldn't I want to continue yeah. that with yeah. something this close to my, to my heart? But yeah, it would be great to have an assistant. Yeah, and, and I mean, yeah, the, I know that the infrastructure is huge, but like when you're going through the various personal stuff, like you know, and, and again, not getting into what you know what all was going on, but oh, right. uh, just the uh, you know, did you feel the extra uh, impetus to try to get your work done? More, or were you able to put everything kind of on the back burner and focus on your personal stuff? Because I, I know yeah. it's a weird balance for each artist. I, I tried to do the first thing where I'm going to take. You know, we had some family stuff, we had some other stuff, and mm-hmm. I thought I could do it all. And eventually, I had to decide which one was going to take importance. And clearly, it was family. And yeah. uh, literati was great. They know my work ethic, so they weren't worried uh, about it. And now that we've got issue four, thank 
God, they were yeah, and, not worried anymore. Yeah, and, and it's one of those where uh, the, the team's ready to go to bat for anyone who's unable to, you know, do mm-hmm. some of that stuff, especially because guys were, were telling make-believe, you know, we're not curing cancer. Right. We're, we're having fun. Everyone yeah. can come. But, you know, it's one of those where it's still a job, so it, it's just kind of one of those, like, uh, did it? Did it give you extra time to flesh out anything that you were going to do, or did it stunt uh, anything? That that's interesting. I was able to go over everything that uh, I'm about to do, and I've made changes, uh, small changes that I might not have caught otherwise. So it was a blessing in that Good. way. Yeah, sometimes it, it works out in its own time because of that. You bet. And it's not like I'm paying for it. As I said, Literati mm-hmm. has been very cool about everything. So it's not like, okay, well, I got those extra things, but I still have this horrible thing I've done. It's like, no, they're, <laughs> they're, they're good. They want the best I've got, just like yeah. I do. And I think that's what the readers want. So, hey, let's stick around. Time, doing something with time sometimes adds to the quality, even if it's not the quantity. We can see quantity oh, yes. from Marvel and DC. They, they're always yeah. putting something out. And because of that, sometimes you look at some Marvel and DC, see comics and you're like what why did you, did you just vomit on a page yeah. what the yeah. heck and, is this and with them you know they know that they they have to kind of take the uh, the walmart approach of yeah we're gonna yes. sell a whole bunch and make a little whereas we're trying to make sure to make everything get everything done and you know and all that and, and, and tell right. a good story yeah and, and that's where yeah. the uh kickstarters typically come in because uh right now it's one of those since we're restarting the the company to you know from a Hey, we might print a couple hundred of these and try to sell them around the the state just because they're fun. And hey, look, friends, some of our other friends made some stuff. Right now we're in the thousands. Yeah, now we're in the. Yeah. And hey, guys, we're national now. Yeah, so yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's one of those where uh, eventually uh, we'll catch up on paying for everything. You know, it's one of those where <laughs> the Kickstarter pays for everything that we had to pay for. You know, up front. So it's the robbing Peter to pay Paul. It's another one of the nice things about working alone. It's yeah. just me, so I yeah. don't have to worry about some other people, you know, thank God, because that's yeah. horrible. Yeah, but, it, you know, it's one of those where we're able to uh, get the money up front to fund our investment, see the investment return, and then put that back into other stuff mm-hmm. and have everything else, you know, perpetuate the machine that's coming ahead. So, it, you know, it's right. one of those where, uh, you know, like being on the other side of things, I used to think people, you know, oh, look, they're going back to the well, and it's the... Oh no, I get it. It's it's yeah. just a mm-hmm. necessary part of the process, and it, it's something that we kind of talked about uh, last time on the the show was uh, how no one's quite getting that rock star status anymore. I think uh, that's good. Exactly, actually. that's what we said. It's, it's that uh, instead of one person making you know tons and tons of money, it's everyone can make an actual decent living, mm-hmm. right? Doing a thing instead of like. Yeah. Well, and most people like me, we're not looking to create some huge going concern. We have a story to tell, and we're done with that one. We'll tell the next story, you know. So yeah. it's not like we're a, a conglomeration. We're, you know, this is just what artists are like. Yeah, you know? and uh, you're not necessarily still just beholden to only comic art. You can jump back and forth, yep. and a lot of right. people kind of miss that. You know, they're like, "Well, I think I'm done with this art for a while," and it's one of those like, "Man, I'm always looking into different arts, even though I haven't mastered." The last one, it's one of those that when you realize that uh, dabbling in all of the other arts helps. Yeah, it all informs the other. Everything in 2D art and even beyond that, you know, dance and 
mm-hmm. uh, on music. Even though there's no music in a comic, I mean, there's pacing in there. Yeah. And some of that comes from Without just my experience with, with music. And any, anybody's experience with yeah, music. Uh, do you have a sense of that. Do you listen to music as you're writing or, I, draw, or drawing? No, I, I need to introduce more music into my life. I used to be a musician do all kinds of uh-huh. stuff. But I kind of put that aside to, to focus on art. So all I do is watch and listen to movies. <laughs> While you're doing it? While I'm doing it. Which oh, okay. is actually good. Over the years, I think that's giving me a... a, a a little leg up on how to do storytelling mm-hmm. in this process. I, I didn't really need to learn how to storytell when I was doing all this, and I think mm-hmm. it's because I love movies and TV so much. I just yeah. kind of do what they do. When I when I write, I sometimes put on like soundtrack music. To, oh, to I do like that me. sometimes. Yeah, yeah uh, Hans Zimmer. Will, yeah, will, yeah, yes. exactly. That yeah. that makes you feel so big and powerful and yes. cosmic. <laughs> so, do you uh, try to keep to like a genre while you're watching it, or do, or do you try to stay away from certain things? It's mood. It's whatever my mm-hmm. mood is uh, like, okay, here's an example. There's a terrible movie called, well, it's not terrible, but it's called Undercover Blues from like 1990. And it's got Kathleen Turner and uh, uh, Dennis Quaid and uh, Stanley Tucci, who is one of my main guys. And when I'm in a bad mood and I'm low, I will put that movie in. And it, I don't even have to watch it. The fact that it's there kind of takes me back to yeah. when I was younger, and that just helps me a little bit. And all movies are like yeah. that. I put it in for movies, uh-huh. not, well, not because and, it's informing. And everyone has different stuff. You know, like some people, that's their, oh, you like that thing? And for you, it's the, dude, I chill. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It usually takes you back to where you were at the time. Yeah. Yes, and usually there's a memory there associated with some kind of drawing because i've mm-hmm. always been drawing and i think that year oh, or the, yeah. that time was especially a uh, fecund for me so yeah that that's helps. great yeah so you you've got issue four done is that so it's going through the editing process yes, it, right now it is done it's going through the editing process and i'm finishing the cover but it's it is in effect done is are the first three in a tra- trade paperback have we they are they're in a okay. trade pa- paperback you can get them in bookstores um uh Get them and, over Literati Press. Yeah, know, and yeah. on Literati Press. Yeah, got and, a great uh, Kirkus review. Glowing Kirkus yeah. review. I was surprised well, they even knew who I was. Because it's one of the coolest comics ever. Like, I, I'm i kind of yeah. surprised it, it, it didn't get thrown into uh, the Eisner uh, nominations. But Give me a couple of years. I'm not quite the, well, the steady hand at ink well, that the, I will the thing be, is, you know? <laughs> it is uh, on par with, like... Early Dan Klaus and that you know the slave wow. labor graphic stuff like it. Thank it, you. It has that feel of innovation because you're pulling from so many other things that aren't comics. That could be true. Yeah, I, I'd say that's true. I don't look at the comic, uh, uh, the people who uh, influence me in comics. I don't look at them <laughs> because I knew their name. I look at them because I remembered liking them. Like uh, and again, Bernie writes, and I mentioned him uh, last time I was on. I didn't know his name. I didn't read Swamp Thing, but I knew that line work. I just yes. knew it, you know? And so yeah. I had to discover him, what, two years ago or whatever it is? Yeah, well, and, and you know, it, it's one of those where uh, some people think that they're too old to learn art, and some people oh. uh, don't dabble in other areas. And, and like we were talking with, uh, with uh, Joe Dorman when he was setting up everything, those that uh, should lead typically don't want to. <laughs> so yeah. it, it's one of those where someone who wants to change the... Uh, art form of comics, the the way of storytelling. Uh, there are all these other artists that haven't considered trying a different way of storytelling. Mm. Uh, so it, it's one of those where we're starting to change that. And I'm talking to uh, other uh, like graphic artists, uh, sculptural artists, uh, you know, uh, all those people about doing comics and that stuff. Just because you know, Nick, you've been so cool about you know learning everything and getting that process well, it's, it's just it's just finding yeah. the artists who have that drive to make art and it's 
they, they don't feel like they're just beholden to the, well, I feel like I can make this okay. It's the, no, let's see what I can express. Let's yeah. see well, what I can see exercise. You movies a lot, too, where, yeah. you know, there'll be an independent film. And that, uh, you know, Terry Gillen may be a good example, yeah. you know, where, you know, he, he, whenever he tries to go studio, he always goes over budget and everyone hates him. Yeah. But if you kind of let him alone on a small budget, it's always the best yeah, stuff. Well, he's uh, always been an independent filmmaker. John even Carpenter. when he's working with John Carpenter. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah the, the only exception is The Thing. <laughs> I love The Thing. Oh, no, I think I, that was great. What, what, what I mean it? is uh, it, got, it had an actual budget. Yes. Oh, it did. Yeah. And it did yeah. not do well. They yeah, brought it out with it's E.T. Become, it's so. become a bit of a cult classic, <laughs> oh, it's, though. It's one Amazing. of my favorite Amazing. movies. But it, Creativity. That's the thing. Is yeah. that the limitations. That back then, a lot of, you know, everyone oh, yeah. talks about the limitations of, of uh, effects. But I really think that does something where you can keep the oh. guy from uh, answering the question easily. And they've got to figure it out. Them and their team have got to figure right. it out. And it comes up. Something so much more interesting. Yes. So much well, more everything interesting. from ILM for year, for years mm-hmm. was just okay. This is on the script. How do we make that happen? Because that does not exist. Uh, I, I love know? that and, creativity and, and, about stuff. And you see it everywhere. You see it, like horror movies are the best. Yeah. I don't like yeah. horror movies, but I love the creativity yeah. of horror movies. I mean, you no, want to see I, great artists watch horror. Yeah, yeah. I, I was about to uh, get into uh, making horror movies before I, I took over the uh, the comic shop. You would be excellent at like, that. That's, yeah. that's that's what I was planning, and uh, like I met Lloyd Kaufman. At, uh, it from Troma at uh, Comic Con, and he just gave me all sorts of uh, like he he was at first Lloyd, who's on, and welcome to Troma. Make sure you you know <laughs> Toxie's over there, and then hey, there's Sergeant Kabuki man. Uh, he was uh, you know once I got past that, and he realized that I wasn't just a fan; like I actually wanted to do stuff. He pulled me pulled me aside, and I got to meet like real Lloyd, who you know was swearing and saying all the uh, awful things about. Uh, Anyone who's ever done them wrong, and you know, then he'll do the. But you know, hey, other people have other experiences, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. That little last minute indemnification. Yeah, yes. but it, it's uh, you know, it's that kind of stuff. And after talking to him, it made me look at uh, how all the other movies were made, and again, the various artistry that went into that stuff, like um, Mike Plug, who uh, did uh, a whole bunch of Man Thing and Swamp Thing and that stuff, did the uh, storyboards for the thing. That's oh, where really? I know his name yeah. from. Like, why do I know that? Yeah, name? but he's totally. one of my all-time favorite artists. You know, is he and, still working today? Yeah, I'll, let me write it down. I will yeah. look that up again. Yeah, uh, Mike Plug, uh, Frank Bruner, which uh, he went more of the super adult fantasy route, like his his old like uh, Conan esque and monster stuff and man thing and swamp thing. You know, like when it was you know sure seventies Marvel magazine stuff. Oh my god, it's so inspiring and visceral and great. And then he cashed in on drawing naked women. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I was like, I oh, my God, that. a new Frank Bruner uh, art book. So I ordered it, and I was telling everyone, like, oh, th- you're going to see the best Doctor Strange and Man Thing stuff, and uh, who knows what he's been up to. And I open it up, and it's the, oh, there's various pieces of people being held by various other people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not the, that I'm against that, oh, no, it, but it was yeah, there's, just, two, there's so many paintings. If you want to see a painting, it's a, it's like a horse or a naked lady. That, yeah. that the most yeah. paintings in the world going back through the yeah, history and, of time. And typically, so, you know, we can deviate a little here. Yeah, yes. typically the horse is running, and typically the woman's ar- arms are raised. And, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's that. Well, and, and that's the thing. It's, you know, that's fine if he does that. It's just interspersing the everything and selling it as like, hey, here's his comic art. Book. Right, right. It's the, right. oh, what a huge, like, I'm glad I wasn't like, hey, kids, come on over. <laughs> yeah, it's like a scandal. <laughs> crack, cracking yeah. it open and, hey, yeah. kids. Uh, so, so you're, you're doing episodes. Uh, your work, have you started, started on an episode or issue five yet? Yeah, issue five is laid out. Uh, it's 
obviously already written, uh, and I think I typeset it, uh, but I'm not going to work on anything else until four is yeah. off of my plate. Because you don't necessarily know. I mean, who knows what Charles is going to say? You know, this didn't really work, and you don't want to start on five and then go, okay, then now I have to rewrite all of five. Right, and especially with these watercolors. If I have to change a watercolor, it's not in the computer. They're actual watercolor paintings, so I'll have to redo one, mm-hmm. so I don't want to you know, well, shoot myself on the foot. Yeah, by. exactly. Yeah, and there are old tricks to kind of get around it, but yeah. I, I can do some. I'm just hoping yeah, like you that... You can do the, the overlay and hope that you can match. And Yeah. Yeah. But, but no, I, I understand, yeah. But, but it's okay. <laughs> by this point, I figured out the watercolor process. That's, that was part of why it took so long to get four out, is that I yeah. never did watercolor. I was an oil painter for years, yeah. so I had to learn how to do it. But um, now I can do it. Do you feel you're going faster? You're able to do it faster than yeah. when you started? My efficiency has gone mm-hmm. up. Uh well, it was incrementally. Now it's, um, I can do, if if I have to, and I'm in the mood, I'd say I can do two pages in a day, uh, uh, pencil and ink. Wow. Which is not not bad. I know no, there are guys incredible. that can do more, but uh, we'll see. In a couple of years, I'll probably plateau at three. But Yeah. But those are, I mean, those are also people who do it constantly every day. So, I mean, you, if yeah. you're, you're having to come back to it, sometimes you still have to go, okay, uh, okay, now I got it. You yeah, my repetition moment. has been enough yeah. that I can do a little bit more, but I imagine in a couple of years, and it's not just that, it's that I can do, you know, two in a day, but am I happy with the quality? Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to be, and it's my happiness. It's not if somebody else thinks, oh, it's (laughs) really good, but I've got my own standards. Well, there's you as an artist that has to express yourself also in it. So it's not just a product, it's your expression and and all that, Uh, which uh, makes me think, do you thumbnail your entire book before you do it, or do you thumbnail? I do. Okay. I didn't know if it was pretty like pretty big thumbnails. Actually, I do them on uh, eight and a half by eleven pieces of paper. Oh wow! Uh, and well, but, that way, it just—I don't know. It seems that I can. Well, really, once in a while, I'll get like a really good drawing, so I can just trace it directly onto yes, the, yes. the page. But I think that it's big, so I can worry about. Sometimes small details really do matter, mm-hmm. especially if it's a textural detail. And oh, if absolutely. I do tiny thumbnails, yeah, then you know I, I'll have to redraw it anyway. So I might as well just have it big and have it take up space. It seems to work. Well, well you and, can see the small details. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and yeah. it's there, practicing yeah. those too, making sure that you get the muscle memory to. Uh, you know, because sometimes it's like a fraction of a millimeter makes it look... Yeah, what if I need a guy's hand holding something at an odd angle, and if you don't get that right, it doesn't feel like that weight, whatever he's holding, is really in that hand. And that is a detail. Even though it's a tiny little bit on that piece of paper, people are going to look at that, and that's the yeah. only thing they're well, going to see. So there, that's what I would Yeah, and there are for. some angles that don't really look good in drawing, even though they're perfectly right. You know, like you see the picture, mm-hmm. oh, it's great, you understand the foreshortening, but like if someone has... Their fingers out and arm extended towards you. Yes. Usually, it's going to be like, "What does that hot dog have on its butt?" Exactly. <laughs> and I use photographs for that. You know, when I uh, have some kind of a really weird foreshortening thing, I'll, I'll use the photograph. I'll take a picture of myself and and use mm-hmm. it. Now, it does feel like cheating sometimes. I don't want to do that. Yeah. But I, I'm not embarrassed that I've got to because well, everybody does. Well, one day I won't have it, to. You it's know? you know one tool that everyone has. You know, but like yeah, mirror. Uh, well, in like Alex Ross's early stuff, it looks super flat and like energyless because yes. he was so beholden to the picture whereas now he's kind of understood that you yeah know, he, th- he, there is room for interpretation yeah he can make that pose more dynamic and still yeah. not stray from the photograph all the information he needs for all those shadows and colors he's still got it but now the the flash is running faster you know that's, yeah. a, that's an amazing ability to do with photographs i'm impressed with alex to know oh, absolutely so pulling away from the comic book just a moment i was told oh, that you uh you really like she hulk 
<laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Okay. So, yeah, I was talking to Buck yesterday going, well, uh, can we talk about She-Hulk? Because I'm the only person that I know that likes it. And Buck's like, I like it. Oh, I know. Man, I, I think you're like, I like it. I like the show, too. I thought it was fantastic. It's, it's awesome. It's a it's a, uh, a lawyer comedy. Yeah. And yeah. I love a lawyer comedy. I don't get to see lawyer comedy. Like, I was telling you, Night Court, I used to love mm-hmm. that. Uh, and I've not seen that actress before. I know everyone, she's very famous. Yeah. I've never seen her before, and I was blown away. I thought she's really good comic timing. She's great. She's 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 winning, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it was so much fun. I Again, we, we talked before the show about it. You know, the the animation, I think, was a little bit faulty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, it, it, I didn't care because of the right. characters that were all involved. Right. And plus, I mean, everybody knew that Marvel has been overextending their uh, yeah. themselves and their artists aren't getting paid. I, mean, I, don't, yeah. I don't blame the well, creators of She-Hulk for that. I blame, you know, the MCU right. for that. Yeah. And, and the, the fact that they were pointing out all of that stuff and making it work and, yes. and doing the, hey, guys, uh, we're sorry. We understand kind of what we've been doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they came back. Well, we were talking about the Shrek thing, where yes. we thought, oh, it looks a little Shrek. And then, like, in the fourth episode, they mentioned Shrek. Like, yeah, we know. We know. Let's get on with it. We got jokes to tell here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, oh, and the the breaking not breaking of the fourth wall, we are talking about how that, I've read some readers that say, and you would be able to point this out, whether or not that's yeah. true, Buck, that, that She-Hulk in the early 90s was the first one to break the fourth wall long before Deadpool oh, and all yeah. the others. Uh, John Byrne uh, made all that happen. And, I mean. John Byrne, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, just because uh, he loved She-Hulk, you know, like it was the well, let's throw her in uh, Fantastic Four, let's let's make her, you know, awesome again, and then she was such a breakout hit character there, you know, it was the well, okay, yeah, uh, let's, you know, after he did his Superman stint, he came back to Marvel uh, for a little while and was like, okay, like nineteen eighty nine, ninety somewhere in there, yeah, like. Because I remember Superman was in the late 80s. Yeah, I, I want to say it was like 1990, because I want to say it was okay. like two or maybe three years after his Superman run. Yeah. And and, now, and, and so now, of course, nowadays, every Deadpool, Squirrel Girl, Girl, it's just a common thing to, but but She-Hulk was the first one to do it. So when yeah. she does it in her comics, you know, I think a lot of people, have, like your wife had said, that, oh, it's like a Deadpool thing. Yeah, but She-Hulk actually did it first. Yeah. In the comics. Right. Uh, I guess uh, Deadpool comes out first. They kind of own it. But I was yeah. telling yeah. you earlier that the, uh, uh, like in the 80s, that was a thing that we did in uh, TV a lot. Like yeah. I, I watched Moonlighting all the time, and they were always breaking the fourth wall to talk to the audience. And so yeah. when I read She-Hulk, I'm like, well, yeah, it's very of today. This is kind of yeah. what people are doing. And then Deadpool comes out later, and, well, yeah. you know, he's got a red costume. Maybe red just is more memorable. Well, I don't know. Well, but and he got the credit. Well, it's one of those where, like, you know, the kids these days that have all watched The Simpsons go back and eventually watch Godfather. They're like, why, <laughs> did, why did they make that Simpsons parody movie? It's like, oh, that's what that joke that's meant. That I've been laughing from. at yeah. it for years, like, but now I get it. I want to say that there's a close to full, like, movie cut of Godfather using only Simpsons. Uh, like, there's only a, yeah. a few I'm things. writing that down. Yeah, I, sure. I, I don't remember where I saw it, but it was one of those, like, Oh, this is genius! Right, oh, and then I'll and skip then church for that. Such, ah, so, yeah, such a very comic book moment when she breaks through the Netflix moment and goes to see the authors. Yeah, yeah, she goes into the Avengers assembled uh, uh, documentary. That, yeah. That's oh, where yeah. she goes on the page, yeah. so she can go into the actual yeah. real world and talk to people yeah, and, yeah. like last and names. Apparently, and that's the actual like. Marvel Office. That, well, You're right, right. It's so funny because all I could think of was Animal Man. Yeah. When Animal Man did that back in the uh, early yeah, 90s. Uh, Grant Morrison, yeah. Grant Morrison was his character. I mean, he, Grant Morrison killed off his wife, killed off his son. Killed, and he finally was like, I'm sick of it. So he went to go talk to Grant Morrison, <laughs> and he draws himself talking to Ant-Man. And that's how he basically, I think that's how he ended the, the run for like 22 issues or something like yeah, that. Or, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah he's got a real love hate thing with with comics, doesn't well, he? Well, yeah. the the thing is, uh, so there's a dichotomy between Grant Morrison camp and Alan Moore camp. Uh, and Neil Gaiman is caught between because he's yeah, good true. friends with both of them, even though Alan Moore's kind of done with all of everything. But uh, Alan Moore tears down and Grant Morrison builds up. Yeah. So uh, both used to try equally, but Alan Moore stuff uh, found that it's easier to break down and fi- you know find what is the the boiling point, whereas like the the. You know, nucleation point of this character. Why are they important? What do they do? Uh, what's the coolest thing? You know, why, what can they do when they're stripped down to nothing? Right. And Grant Morrison's like, oh, wait, no. Batman of Zeranar, that's crazy and super colorful. That's going to look crazy in the comics, and it's a weird, stupid thing. That'll fill an issue, and yeah. it's right. interesting. I prefer the Grant Morrison way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and uh, I mean, uh, look at uh, um, All-Star Superman versus... Uh, uh, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow? Both of them are two of the most moving Superman stories of all time. One of you, uh, one story leaves you kind of content with a question of what's to come, mm-hmm. and one of them is the most inspiring thing that you could possibly mm-hmm. read, as long as you make sure that you've, you know, sat and processed the ending. Yeah. Sure. So sure. it's one of those like, all right, well, uh, do you like cake or pie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's just kind of uh, different camps of different things of, you know, how to do it. So, yeah. sure. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the show. And my wife, as I would mentioned, my, my wife is, is one of those. Every time we turned it on, she was like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch this. But halfway through, she's like, why do I keep trying to talk myself out of watching this? This is fabulous. <laughs> and so. Oh, and I'm so glad that they mentioned the Magic Castle in L.A. Even yeah. though they did it to kind of make fun of it. If anybody can go to the Magic Castle, I suggest you go there. The food is not bad and the bar is great. It's <laughs> totally awesome. I love it. And, uh, yeah, two of, two of the New World alum uh, are magicians and have been and got to. Really? Yeah. Let's talk about that. When I go visit my brother next time, maybe they can get me in. I don't want to stay at the hotel again. It's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way you oh, can do it. And, and uh, last thing, which we'll probably talk about uh, next uh, session or whatever, Sandman 2 just got, or Sandman got renewed for season two. Now, did you know there was a Sandman issue, ele- an episode 11? Yes. I did not. Why did no one tell me that? <laughs> I was flipping through Netflix and I'm like, and it had a new episode for Sandman. Yeah. I'm like, oh, because sometimes it shows that and I've already watched them all and it's like a little glitch. I clicked on I'm like, and it's two of my favorite stories. Yeah, well, and it, it seems uh, like the, they're, they're the, the one about the cats. Yeah, and then the one about uh, his, Calliope. His yeah, and um, oh, I just I they're two of my favorite issues. And yeah, oh. it, it's one of those where uh, it came out well after, and it yeah. was the because you I watched all ten episodes. Yeah, and okay, that's it. I'll have to wait till episode eleven to see or uh, season two to watch any more. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, what? Wait. wait. Why did you not tell me about yeah, well, this? And uh, showing that they're willing to do different styles to tell different yeah. stories. It's the, okay, that's going to cut down on weird CGI. Like, yeah. I I am totally fine if a series wants to try to do a different uh, well, way to fit, tell that it story. It so well being animated. The, yeah. The, the story with the cats, it made so much sense. And it was, it's... It is one of my favorite stories that, I mean, that's one of the things I, where I really went, oh my gosh, Gaiman's really good about doing this this mythology of things that were either real or imagined that are just bigger than life. And, yeah. and so it's just amazing. And yeah. then bringing Calliope as the muse, um, bringing in uh, the, the young actor from uh, Doctor Who to play the author in Calliope yeah. uh, was 
I did get that right. I think I've got now. I'm, now I'm crushing myself. <laughs> but uh, the muse and and uh, just so one, Arthur Darville is the name of the actor. Um, it's so good. If you haven't had a chance to see it, no, Sam, we don't Sam, have Netflix. But now that everything oh. good is on Netflix, we got to renew. Yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those where like when you watch it, you see the Sam Keith, the Pete Craig Russell, the mm-hmm. Kelly Jones right there as represented as best as it could. There were the... moments when I was reading, I was like, oh my! It took me back to reading mm-hmm. the comics in the early nineties yeah. and just falling in love with the storytelling and they're pretty true to it. There's a few things that they do. Uh, they they flesh out a little bit more stuff. And then yeah. some of the stuff they had to change for contractual reasons and some of it, they're like, well, we should explore that. And that turns out wasn't that big of a deal. Right. So right. yeah, the, the book was really special. Really, yeah, exactly. Really special. And so I, it's really good. Get everyone go check that out. Check out She-Hulk. Uh, also, if you get a chance, Werewolf at Night was kind of fun. Oh, it was awesome. I loved it. Every moment of it from the titles that like 1940s the I noir know. title. Yeah. I, I was hooked. Well, I the, was the hooked. best Which... though was when he goes to he, he looks at the monster and I'm like, "Oh, that's Man-Thing." Oh, so oh I, spoiler, sorry. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But okay, uh, well, now that the uh, man thing's out of the bag, uh hide your kids, hide your wife, hide your husband. Anyway, uh no, I uh, man, I've been such a Man-Thing fan for years and every time that they would mention like a swamp or like an Iron Man 3 uh, uh, oh yeah, Bethany when he Cabe, went, yeah. yeah, Bethany Cabe is his ex-wife, so it was one of those like, well, she had burning powers. I wonder what's going on. With, mm-hmm. You know, so it was like, oh my god, here comes Ted Sells. Here we go. Yeah. But they never delivered, and they never did. And yeah. then, uh, well, because like, I, one of my like the biggest cosplays I ever built, costumes I, I did was one for me where it was a man thing costume that I could change back to a swamp thing also. But Whoa. I made it like. Uh, well, because I was building up cloud around the community here, building costumes, and then everyone's like, "Well, what what uh, convention did he win?" I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> so I was like, "All right, what's my most impressive costume that I've built for me?" I was like, "Man, thing, let's wear that." Yeah. Work, Do one, you have one, footage of that? I want yeah, to see that. Yeah. Uh, your, your, well, your swamp thing was actually pretty well pretty well done too. It thanks. was pretty amazing. Yeah, it, it's just a change in helmet and hands. Yes, I yeah. know. And uh, I, I built a new man thing suit where it's like just a canopy and like it just kind of hangs off of me and I can move the arms. Oh, yeah, nice. It's, it's kind of a big bird setup, but yeah, like it, it was the show that inspired me like, oh yeah, that's how you make it better. You can make the the eyelids do the expression for the most part. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, uh, you know, when, when you saw it on page, when you try to explain to everyone that he's a big baby that kind of sort of has things going on, but he forgets that, and if you're afraid of him and mean him harm, you're going to burn. Yes. Uh, but the one thing that they But if you're kinda, not, he's actually, a, he's not a bad creature. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and if he really likes you, uh, he excretes a soapy goo that's, like, healing and makes you feel like euphoric and that's new information it, for me. it was it's something that they had back in the the way back when and they've just kind of undone it because they're like don't make man thing even grosser <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, for a while beta ray bill couldn't pitch his voice so he was only screaming anytime he was around oh that's awesome yeah so everyone was just really annoyed with him are they putting beta ray bill on screen uh, they have to. They, yeah, they, well, I've got to. Uh, with, I'd be well, so excited. So, uh, everyone said, oh man, we're going way long on the uh, show today. Uh, yeah, but man, it's yeah, great. <laughs> so, uh, but with the uh, confirmation of Man Thing, uh, that uh, um, tower in uh, uh, Thor, uh, you know, when it was off world fighting Hulk and all yeah, that. Yeah, it had his face yeah, on the tower. Face. Well, so, so they're saying, you know, like with Man Thing showing up being one of those and him being the, you know, Nexus, uh, Nexus point of realities. It's the, oh, yeah, well, if he was there, then those must be 
actual other people because yeah. oh, that's awesome. Ares was, you know, Ares exists because, uh, you know, all the other gods exist now. Uh, you know, that means Beta Ray Bill's there, Bybeast exists, and, uh, you know, Man Thing was, or, uh, you know, uh, Man, or, uh, yeah, Man Thing and a, a couple other, you know, Marvel characters are there. We just haven't seen them yet. Oh, I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. That's going to be fantastic. And it was so funny because I, I was thinking about Werewolf at Night. I think they, they the first appearance of Moon Knight. Yeah. In 1971, I believe it was, was issue in issue of Werewolf, yep. Werewolf at Night. And I think what happened was they were doing research for the Moon Knight series and went, you know, well, we got to read the first appearance. What is this Werewolf at Night thing? We should do something on this. Absolutely. So, that's how it and happened. I love that's how you do this special moment at the very beginning, the Marvel special, like like the old CBS yeah, special. Well, yeah, and so, uh, yeah the, the special presentation. Yeah, special presentation. Yeah, yes, that yes. was so cool. Well, well and, uh, hearing the, uh, like, I haven't watched the Marvel uh, featurette on Disney about it yet, but uh, oh, just hearing the uh, um, the notes from everyone beforehand of, Okay, so here are the things that I watched as a kid. Yeah. And here's what I want to include, and here's what the writers thought would be cool. And then we thought, okay, well, here's the here's the way to do it. Shoot it like a you know 30s Universal movie at first. Anytime we're dealing with man thing, but when we're dealing with uh, you know werewolf, it's going to be more of like a, a 60s feel, but black and white 60s. And when we deal yeah. with you know, and it was the interesting yeah and i love the idea of the special presentation idea because oh, which sets the stage 70s or, yeah which yeah. sets the stage for the uh guardians of the galaxy holiday special that is going to be coming up and it's going to be that right. same kind of yeah. same kind of special presentation well, and, type and of thing especially with the the one shots which uh, you know there are so many characters that they announce a series for and it's the I don't know if they deserve a series, but it's the that'd be, make a heck of a special. Yeah, exactly. You know, so hopefully so, we'll be able to see more of these. Yeah, so now we can have like the weird one-off, like, "Hey, everyone, here's Shamrock." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we have run long. Uh, so yeah. where can people find more information about uh, Blackjack Demon? Uh, well, uh, you can buy it from Literati Press. It is in bookstores worldwide and your local comic shop. Uh, I also wanted to uh, plug the uh, Mighty Mia and Dynabit, something that Literati Press did for the Oklahoma Institute of Child Advocacy. It is an awesome comic book done by Megan Kiwi, uh, part of uh, part of our group. It is super neat, uh, yeah. and you should. I think it's available free all over town. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And where can people find it about Literati Press? So uh, Literati Press. Uh, dot com, I believe. LiteratiPressOK.com. Okay.com. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Michael, where can they find <laughs> more about Just go to the store. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, same. I'm, I'm unfortunately the Luddite that's like, oh, I, I go around and just meet the folks in person. Yes. That's, that's right. We're the two that don't have computers. What? That, that's horrible. Yeah. We should have at least one like savvy guy here. Yeah. I've. Uh, so so you can find LiteratiPressOK.com. You can find Literati Press on Twitter and Facebook. They also have an Instagram account. And I believe you can find them. I don't know their actual address. Uh, they're, they're in the Paseo. 3010 North, North Paseo. There you go. And so go check them out. And uh, check out our Ink and Draw on Sunday afternoons. It is an absolute blast. So. Three to five. It's free. Uh, all ages. Yeah. Great. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so that's going to do it for our show. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Okie Geek Podcast. That's also the address for our Gmail account. Would love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at KOSU Michael C at least for now, until Elon Musk kicks me out. Uh, and, and you or someone you know have an event coming up, please let us know so we can talk about it on our show. You can also find us on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. Be sure and subscribe, rate us, and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Nick Hermes and Buck Berlin, I'm Michael Cross, reminding you to keep calm and geek on. <laughs>